As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. Zach is back. Finally, we get to really start this Jets season. They're one and two, but this feels like a new beginning, although the Jets coaching staff still managed to shoot themselves in the foot this week at the podium, which become seems to be becoming a tradition for this coaching staff. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson's return. We're going to talk about Jeff Ulbrich and what he had to say today as we record this on Thursday. And of course we have our predictions coming up as well, and we'll get you ready for the Steelers game. This is the can't wait podcast to McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Um, Zach, I guess, first of all, we got away from our hat segment, um, but you have the same yeah. company today. So yeah. with Patagonia, right? You have oh, yeah. two Patagonia hats. That's a different I, hat. Oh, I have more than two. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm I'm a big supporter of Patagonia. Uh, literally after after the podcast where we uh, talked about like discussing my hats every time I went on the Patagonia site and I saw like ten different hats that I wanted, I had to click out. Otherwise, I was going to spend like two hundred dollars. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of their hats. So that's what we got. Well, beyond I'm liquid death, maybe my, we can... uh, back in my parents' basement, like a classic sports writer, by the way. So. <laughs> Love <laughs> yes, it. you are. Not only that, but you don't even have a microphone. Oh which yeah, was, uh... I'm an absolute disaster today. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we should say because. People are, I will say this about listeners of podcasts in general. Like, it's funny because like most people I feel like listen and it's fine. And sometimes the quality is not great. Then there is a percentage of people who are like, you know, I could hear some peas popping in that podcast or like this or that. And they're really critical of the audio level. So we admit that Zach's audio level is not at the typical level today because he forgot his microphone. So he's going via the computer, right? So this is a, yeah. it's a Mac All test. Computer, I, I'm going to have to try and project my voice, which I'm not good at. I've been accused of trailing off sometimes. So I'm going to have to try not to do that. <laughs> I think you sound good. You sound good. Oh, All right, let's get into this. Um, and, and we might as well start with Zach Wilson. We usually do. But now we can actually talk about him playing yep. football. Um, he is back. He is not, <laughs> as people were saying on Twitter, he's not 110%, but he's 100%, which is is good enough. But a lot to get to here um, with Zach. You have a story out. Uh, I think you eight eight points going into this game, basically, about Zach Wilson and 
kind of expectations and and where we're at with him and all of that sort of things. I pulled a little bit from that. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting that you pointed out is how long it's been since Zach Wilson has actually been hit in a football game, right? I mean, the injury was a non-contact yep. variety and he didn't get hit like all summer. And, and so that's one thing to look out for, I guess, on Sunday is like, how does Zach Wilson handle getting hit for the first time in a long time? Yeah, that, that's that's always the thing for guys coming off injuries and stuff uh, is like the first time they're going back to get hit. And he, it's his is a little stranger because, you know, he missed the beginning of the season and most of training camp. Uh, so or and all the preseason. So, you know, you you add that all up and he really hasn't. Number one, he hasn't gotten hit, but he, even more important for him, he hasn't gotten reps with all these guys, uh, you know, so he doesn't have. He hasn't worked on his timing with Garrett Wilson, who's a very unique receiver. Um, Tyler Conkley, no, they looked good together in camp, but that's in camp. You know, these Brees Hall, his offensive line is in its like fifth iteration already since he got hurt, it feels like. Um, so there, there's a lot of like, you know, he's the, the growing pains he'd be going through in camp, joint practices in the preseason, he's going to be doing live during the season when this team needs wins. You know, they can't afford to get killed anymore. I mean, nobody can afford to get killed, but just in terms of like how the fan base is going to react and what it might mean for, you know, the higher ups in this team and all that stuff. Like they, they need to speed up the process and, you know, th all they can do is just hope that Zach Wilson is more ready than maybe anybody's expecting him to be. It's all like, I think we talked about this earlier in the week. Everything's hypothetical with him right now. It's, it's going to be hypothetical until we see him on Sunday. You see how he looks that first drive against the Eagles looked pretty bad, but it was the first drive. So maybe he looks bad again the first drive against the Steelers, and then you hope that he survives past the second one this time. But you know, I, I there there's a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. But you know, there's I also think you know this is they invested in him as their as like the future of the franchise. So they they believe that he could do the things that they need him to do. Like the, their season is really on his shoulders, fair or not. Um, and so a lot of what we're gonna find out on Sunday is gonna you know dictate how I feel about how this team might be this year, even if. Maybe it's not fair to expect a lot of him on Sunday, but the reality is they can't lose to the Steelers. That's a that's a winnable game on a schedule where there's not that many of them. Yeah, and we we've said it before, like not only, you know, the season on the line, but really Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's jobs here in New York are probably on the line, depending on how Zach Wilson plays and how long it takes him to become what they hope he can become because like you said, they took him with the number two pick. Um, one thing I thought was interesting this week, I figured he'd come out and have some kind of brace on the knee. And mm. like, that's kind of the thing, right? You come back and yeah. even if it's just a mental thing for a little extra confidence, um, just to have something there. I know he had it on when he was first coming back, but this week, nothing on the knee, no brace, not even, you know, a sleeve of any kind. And he said he won't have he, that. He had, like this... today. he had a sleeve oh, today, he had a sleeve today, okay. but I mean, I think, by the sounds of that, just like a comfort thing. I don't know if he'll necessarily play with that or anything like that. Yeah, I felt like there was like two ways to look at that. On, on one hand, like you almost want to see the, the sleeve because you're like, okay, like there's some sort of extra support. But then on the, the other hand, it probably means that he really is confident in how that knee is feeling. And there's no, maybe that means there's not going to be any second guessing, right? When he's out on the field, he's not going to be thinking about the knee yeah. because he feels that good about it. I, th I think that's a big part of it. You know, like you, like you mentioned, like you joked about, and it seemed like it became like a whole thing. They, they weren't going to bring him back until he was 110%. He, he didn't get quite to 110, but um, at, at 100, you know, I, his, uh, I, I, as far as I can tell him, practice seems to be moving okay. All, I, everybody's saying all the right things that he looks good out there. 
he seems confident that it's not going to impact, you know, his confidence scrambling or getting, a, getting running out of the pocket and throwing on the run and all that stuff. And so if he's a full go, then, you know, the, the brace being there maybe would just be a reminder of him every time he went up to snap the ball that, um, you know, it was there. And it, so if, it, if his knee feels good and it feels good in movement and all that stuff, then, then I, I think it makes sense that he's not wearing that. Um, but yeah, like we were, I mean, like we just talked about, but we'll, we'll see how it feels once he gets tackled because he, he's going to get hit on Sunday. I know the Steelers don't have TJ Watt. They're not as scary, but this offensive line is also not scaring them either. So um, he's going to go to the ground at some point. He's probably going to run the ball at some point. He's going to get hit. Uh, and so you wonder how his knee feels during the game, after the game, the morning after, all that stuff. You just gave me like three transitions. That was a, a great <laughs> answer. But I have to pick one. I'm going to go with this. You mentioned the offensive line um, and the shape that it's in right now. George Front officially on the IR. And it's Connor McDermott. It's going to be in there at left tackle. At least this week, we'll see about the reinforcements and when they can get up to snuff. But I mean, you look at the numbers, it's clear. You look at the eye test, it's clear. You look at where he was on the depth chart, it's clear. Like, Connor McDermott is not the guy you want protecting your franchise quarterback on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, like this is, so there, there has been like a lot of criticism levied at like Joe Douglas for um, the fact that they're in this position, but, and, and I get it to a degree, like they didn't plan to play Max Mitchell this year. And so if you didn't plan to play Max Mitchell, why did you go into camp with only Mekhi Becton and George Fan essentially as offensive tackles that you could trust? But I also don't know that Dwayne Brown necessarily was even looking to sign with anybody in the middle of the summer. Like he's a veteran guy that maybe was fine with skipping OTAs and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and then they were, they were, if you remember, they were going to try and sign him when Makai wasn't hurt. They, they wanted to bring him in as like the third guy. So then Makai gets hurt, throw Dwayne Brown in there. You're like, all right, so we have Dwayne Brown and we have George Fan now. And then Max Mitchell, if, if in case of emergency and Connor McDermott's the fourth offensive tackle and, and so they go into the season with that. And then, you know, all these injuries keep happening now. Max Mitchell looks better than expected. So you, weirdly, like nobody's even concerned anymore about the right side. It's amazing. Um, and so now they, they go and sign a couple of veterans. Mike Remmers, uh, who, was, who was on the Giants and the Chiefs previously, and Cedric Agabuhi. I don't know how to say that. And I'm, I'm glad you did that. Wrong. Um, like these are two guys with a bunch of NFL starts. Remmers was coming off an injury. So there's a lot of people like, why did they sign these guys much earlier? They, you don't carry like seven offensive tackles on the roster and you don't expect to lose three of them um, before the, I mean, before we're not even a quarter through the season and they've lost <laughs> three offensive tackles already. So, um, so, so I, to, to circle back, like, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a concern that Connor McDermott is a left tackle. He's not, you know, there's a reason why he's a backup. Um, he started a bunch of games time last year. He gave up like two sacks in his last start in that last game. He looked pretty bad last week when he came in, but he also missed a lot of camp with an ankle injury, so that he didn't really have a preseason. So I don't know. I mean, you think it wouldn't be as bad as it looked at the end of last week, and you hope that the other four-fifths of the offensive line holds up, so then you can you throw some help out to him. That's I imagine that's going to be what they do. C.J. Uzama is probably going to basically be an extra offensive lineman. Maybe they give Jeremy Ruckert some reps. Maybe the running backs are helping out a little more. Um, but that that's kind of like – they have to play with the hand they're dealt. And so you, you do McDermott and you hope you can get those other guys ready enough and healthy enough that if McDermott's bad, then you can rely on them. I can't imagine they would play on Sunday. I think it'd more likely be Grant Herman's from the practice squad. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to have 
us talking, even talking about this in, in week four, like it's so early for a team to lose this many at one position. Like I, I've covered teams that have lost players at one position, like over and over and over again, but it's over the course of the year. It's not like back to back to back like this. So the, the George fan thinks concerning uh, Dwayne Brown is eligible to come back. He's not yet. So I, I think there hopefully does at some point. I don't really know what the timeline is there, but if, if he can come back, then you feel a little better about Dwayne Brown and Max Mitchell. And then eventually Fant comes back and all that. But for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Um, LaFleur said he wants to run the ball more. So that's one more reason to yeah. do it, right? Is to protect your, your yeah. quarterback. All right. Um, you also mentioned Wilson running, obviously. So, but my question with that is, does the playbook on Sunday look the same as it has looked, except for the fact that you just happen to have a quarterback who's going to be able to escape the pocket when pressured instead of what you had in Joe Flacco? Or are the plays actually different because of what Zach Wilson can do with his legs? That's a really good question. Um, I'm curious. It's kind of wait and see for me. Uh, I think eventually, if not this week, I think they'd start doing a lot of design runs with him just because you just can't do those with Joe Flacco and the RPOs and gives you more optionality, especially with, you know, I know, you know, Elijah Moore hasn't necessarily produced that much. He's been open a lot and Flacco hasn't seen him. So you have all these weapons, you have these running backs that are legit threats. Brees Hall is a home run threat. It feels like he's pretty close to breaking one loose. So if you have that optionality with a quarterback that can move, then you can throw the defense off a little more. Whereas with Flacco, once everybody knew they weren't running the ball anymore, they just, they could defend it as if they knew he was going to pass it against them no matter what. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what happened. I mean, the amount of pat I, I, our uh, Aaron, Aaron Reese, uh, who uh, works for us, he's like really good with the NFL true media stats. He like sent me one about um, how Flacco has the most dropbacks through three games for any quarterback since at least 2000. Like the 37 year old Joe Flacco has the most <laughs> dropbacks in a passing league in at least 22 years. So I don't think they want to do that with Zach. That's for sure. I, I they, they really have to commit to the run and, it's easy to say, you know, we fell behind and all that stuff, but they, they're like, we're giving up on the run in the third quarter. Like they, they can't do that anymore. And you have two running backs that are pretty good. Um, so you hope that it's a, at the very least a close game going in the second half and uh, you run the ball, make things easier for Zach, some play action, uh, get him on the move. Uh, you know, maybe hope, you hope that he can escape pressure better than Joe Flacco did. Um, so th there's, I think there's reason to believe the offense will be more dynamic with Zach, but like we've talked about, I mean, it feel, maybe it's been a while since we talked about it because he hasn't been around, but, you know, he wasn't very good last year. And so you need him to not make those bad decisions he did last year. Like we're, we're all, everybody's assuming and hoping that he's going to be better than he was last year. You know, he had, I saw a stat that he was, uh, I mean, I, I was looking at true media actually. He, he had the worst completion percentage against pressure out of every single quarterback in the NFL last year. So it's not as if like the fact that he is mobile has made him better than Flacco against pressure, but. Um, you hope that he's better in that in that regard and his mobility and just allows them to do more things. Keep plays alive. And uh, one more thing on Zach Wilson, uh, then we'll move on a little bit. But last year, you're right, he wasn't good. But when he got injured and he came back, he was definitely better when he came back after watching yeah. uh, Mike White have a great game in this offense. You know, actually watching every single quarterback that they put out there while he was gone at least have some success, have more yeah. success, yeah, than he had. Um, so I wonder now. Obviously, he's had the whole off season to to think back on last season to go over extra film. He's had the summer to work out all of that, but now he's also had three more games to watch Joe Flacco and to take like 
all right, that was good. That was bad. So is there a world where we could look back on this injury and think, you know what? Those extra three games of watching someone else in the long run helped Zach Wilson. To, I, I, yes and no, because I, I think there's definitely some merit to that. And, you know, I, I think I've talked on here before about how maybe it's ideal that he's coming late because you're going to have like Garrett Wilson knows what he's doing in the offense. You're going to have yeah. an offensive line in theory that was going to be able to have like some experience together. But now that's kind of thrown out the window a little bit. Um, but on the flip side, like he missed some really valuable reps. He's a young quarterback. He really needed those reps in camp and in joint practices in the preseason. And so I think that part is is concerning to me because we, we don't really know how he can do without. Again, you did mention how, you know, he he was out last year and then he came back in week 12 and week 12 to 18. He was way better than he was at the beginning of the year. So hopefully it's the same thing. But the difference was he had a full training camp and he had a full, you know, piling of games from the first half of the year that he played in. So, right. Um, I honestly, like I said, it's all just a big unknown. We're all guessing, you know, there's a lot of people who are not optimistic. There are some who are, um, he's flashed some talent, but until he shows it, like you kind of have to assume all, all we know is what we've seen and what we've seen is not that impressive. So until he shows that he's better than that, like we, you have to kind of assume that's what it is. Yeah. And the one point you had a tweet about it today and, and uh legend killer actually put it in the, in the chat here, just take Zach with these weapons versus Zach, as he put it with high school players <laughs> the last season. Yeah, and it's a big fair. difference. And and that is true. I mean, these are some, uh, this is a much better supporting cast for sure. Yeah. Maybe not the offensive line in its current state, but the weapons around him, the players that he's going to have to throw to last year, guys just weren't open. Uh, and this year there will be players open. We'll see whether or not he can find those open players on Sunday. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defense, which has been a bigger problem in a lot of ways than the offense. And Jeff Albrecht at the podium today. We'll take a break now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about this defense. I said it off the top, Zach, another banner day for the coaches at the podium. Um, Jeff Ulbrich today said some things that angered the fan base. Um, we'll get, let's, let's get into those first. The first one that I think was the bigger kind of viral video um, on Twitter and around was when he was asked about the rotation um, and why they're rotating so much, because that's obviously become a huge thing when you look at the, numbers of plays from these defensive linemen a position that's supposed to be a strength on this team and they're just they're lower than the best defensive linemen for other teams it's just a fact um and the jets i don't want to say he doubled down on it but but his quote was basically like you know sometimes on a key play 
I want to have Quinn and Williams out there. And I look over and he's gasping for air, which was, I mean, the way I look at it, what he meant to say was one thing. The way it was taken, I think, was one of two things. One, you were saying it, Quinn is out of shape, <laughs> which I don't think is necessarily true. And then, then no. the other one is, well, I haven't done this rotation in a good enough way that on the most important plays, I have my best players out there. I don't yeah. think he meant either of those things, but that's how it played. Yeah, it wasn't the. I, I asked the question. I, you know, I. Oh, I don't it's know. your I, fault. <laughs> it is. You can blame me, I guess. Um, I wasn't trying to like set him up for failure or anything. I was genuinely wondering because he had just gotten done talking about how great Quinnen has been, um, right. which I think he's been lost in all of this because it, it sounds like he's criticizing him there. He was he was just raving about how dominant he's been. He called him a game wrecker, all that stuff. Um, and I know how fans have been passionate about the about the D line rotation. I think there's some merit to some of the concerns and all that, especially because they haven't been getting pressure consistently. And so I just I literally just was like, so you know, does the fact that Quinn's playing so well does it you know is there ever any, any party that's like let's keep him out there, ride the hot hand kind of thing? And that's kind of where he where he went with his answer. Um, you know. The thing is, like, I get, I get the idea of the. I don't. They're not going to go away from the rotation. I think that's pretty clear. I think that was the the main takeaway from his answer is that they're not going. They've talked about that in the past. Him and Salah. There is some merit to doing it. I've seen like the Eagles have always done a rotation on the D line, and it works pretty well. But they also are deeper, and you know they're already good. Like that, you need the Jets aren't good enough to like take guys like Quinn and Williams. Like he's not going to play 100 percent of the snaps, but he should play 75 percent, 80 percent, something like that. And so I, I get specifically with him, like maybe the rest of the D line you could rotate out or maybe Carl Lawson plays more than he has been or whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I get the fans frustration with that. Um, especially when you see a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who looked pretty good last week uh, in, in, you know, limited snaps and, you know, so you want to get him more snaps maybe when he's rushing the passer, but um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're they have, they have, pro they have a lot of the problems aren't really the D line rotation. I would say They're, they have bigger problems on the defense, but that that certainly is not a not a positive thing. All right, and then the other call it what you will a slip up, I guess you can call it, um, or that's how it played at least, is when he basically said like this defense is a work in progress. We're getting better was kind of his point, and we're going to continue to get better. But he used the reference he referenced the Patriots and Bill Belichick's teams that Bill Belichick saying sometimes he doesn't know what he has until week eight. And that again, like wrong way to go with the answer. Even if the point that we're going to get better all season is maybe a good one. What can you, sorry, I, I got distracted by something. I pulled a Connor right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just saying that. that the, <laughs> thanks. thanks. Uh, no, I was just saying the, uh, my nephew was the reference to the sorry. Patriots. And, uh, oh, yeah, getting, yeah, 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 you know, getting better throughout the yes. season, but like it's just not the team to compare to. And it's, yes, ugh. sorry, yeah, but my, my, I saw my nephew kept calling me, so I thought it was like over and over again. So I'm like, what's going on here? Um, anyway, mm -hmm. blame um, it on the kid, sure. <laughs> oh, it is on my kid. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Patriots line, look, it's another thing where like I, like you were saying, like I get the point he was trying to make that you're not going to be your playing your best in week four. You're going to be playing your best. You hope by the end of the season. Um, but this is not a team that can afford to wait to play well. So, and, and, you know, his, it, and Con actually Connor, not to give Connor props or anything, but um, he had a good follow-up question to, to when, when Ulbrich, um was talking about the Patriots thing where he's like, 
I get what you're saying pretty much. This isn't exactly what Connor asked, but it, it, he essentially was like, you know, but they had like Tom Brady and they had the benefit of the doubt and the Jets don't have that. They need, especially they're 32nd in DVOA right now defensively. Like that you're, they're literally the worst defense in the NFL by that metric. They need to get better. There's a lot of problems, the communication, all the stuff we've talked about, the tackling, um, the lack of pass rush, all that stuff. Like that, all the Patriots talk, all that stuff is irrelevant. They, they just need to do the right things. They, this, this defense has been making a lot of really bad mistakes, which doesn't reflect great on Ulbrich or Sala. And uh, it's going to start on – if they can't stop the Steelers' offense with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, then they're not going to stop any offense. <laughs> so, And they got to get off the field, right? I mean, the, the opponent's converting. I think it's 51.3% on third downs. It's 31st in the league. Seven of the ten touchdowns have come on third down. They just – in these key spots, that seems like that's when the mistakes have come. Exactly. Um, now, the difference is some of these games, obviously, they've, well, they didn't face a, a particularly great quarterback against the Browns, but Joe Burrow last week. But you mentioned Trubisky. Um, so, again, it shifts back to, I think, weeks one and two a little bit where the focus is going to be maybe more on the defense and, and stopping Najee Harris, right? I mean, they have to, if you can put pressure on Trubisky, if you can make Trubisky beat you, He's not going to. I think that's a safe way of saying Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, that's accurate. You know, they, they need to play them pretty much like they did the Browns. Um, you know, it, and that wasn't always effective. You know, Nick Chubb ran for a lot of yards. Uh, I don't think Harris is as good as Chubb. Um, and you, they were trying to trying to force Jacoby Brissett to beat them. And they were, the, the Browns were able to do it very efficiently with screens and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I would say if they don't stop Najee Harris, it's going to be a long day. and if they don't press that Trubisky, as everybody knows, is a guy that you can pressure into making mistakes. And they haven't really done that to these quarterbacks yet. And, you know, it's a shame because the Jets have these two corners that are just like legit studs and they haven't really taken advantage of that yet. We're going to talk about that until they do. Um, so if, if the pressure can get there up front, then I would guess sauce Gardner or DJ Reed gets a pick this game. And if, if the pressure is not getting there, then it, they're going to be hitting those safeties all, all, all afternoon. And the safeties have been a really big weak spot for this defense so far. Here's my bold prediction for Sunday. Jets get a pick six. Wow, not just Yeah, pick six from one of those corners. Wow. Um, if they do that, the Jets are going to win, I think. So, yeah, if they get a defensive touchdown, yeah, it feels yeah. like it feels like that's it. Um, a little more on the Steelers as we just kind of shift into that. Um, obviously, we, we said it early on. No TJ Watt. They're actually zero and six um, during his career without TJ in the oh, lineup. Wow. So that bodes well for the Jets. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick and for, looks like uh, he McDermott that bodes well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fitzpatrick uh, probably will play. I think he's still questionable with the concussion, but he practiced today, so he'll probably be back out there. But one thing that I, th I feel like it's almost time to keep an eye on with Trubisky is that uh, you know he hasn't been good. Six point five yards per attempt last week. He was one of nine on third down, so something's got to give with this Jets defense. Um, but I wonder if if the first half goes real bad, is there any chance we see Kenny Pickett? Is this the week? I, I was this, you know? I was thinking about that. I mean, I you know it, it's I was listening on uh, I was listening to a podcast. Um, actually, I think Athletic NFL Show with Robert Mays. I was listening to that. They, they were talking. Uh, they were talking about how Tomlin has just been like, um, he's been like so like definitive about how he wasn't going to bench uh, Trubisky. After the last game, after Trubisky was terrible, he was just like, and so we, who knows if it's coach speak or if, if Tomlin is like stubborn, but it, 
if Trubisky is terrible in that first half and the Jets like go into halftime with the lead, could you imagine that? Um, like, a, you wonder if Pickett's a guy when they come out of the locker room. He looked pretty good in the preseason too. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. I don't I don't have a good read on Tomlin and how like if he's if his coach speak is legit or not and all that stuff. But you know, it wouldn't shock me if Pickett was out there. He he a little different skill set. I don't think it would necessarily affect how the maybe the Jets approach things defensively, especially because he's a rookie and, you know, you, you wonder if the lights are going to be too big for him in that moment. But, um, yeah, I would say that's a possibility. And the, the Steelers do have, you know, they have like Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens. He's pretty talented. Uh, Chase Claypool. Like they have some weapons that can get open. They don't really have a tight end. Uh, and they have Najee. So they, they have some weapons for whoever's at quarterback. So if the if the Jets are making mistakes, like it's not like this is, this is a team that's not going to capitalize on them. The, the Steelers will, even with Trubisky there. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing Tomlin knows what he's doing when he says things, right? I mean, he's he's been doing this a long time. He is polished as far as saying only what he wants to say, kind of the opposite of what we've experienced a little bit here with the Jets. And the other thing is he's not a guy that's going to panic at all, right? Like yeah. nobody's got more job security in the NFL than, than that guy. Um, so maybe halftime isn't the time he makes that change. Maybe it's, you know, with a full week of, of practice for the young kid. Um, but I believe the change will happen at home just because Pickett played his college football in that stadium. It feels like that's where, um, you know, he'll get his first start just because of the comfort level. Um, but yeah, we will, we will certainly see. Um, all right. Anything else before we get to picks, Zach, did I miss anything? Uh, I mean, I, I would just say, you know, they don't have TJ Watt. But they do like the the whole thing that they've all been talking about this week is that the the Steelers are still the Steelers. Like they still have like exotic ways of getting to the quarterback. Tomlin's as good as it comes in terms of like calling plays defensively. So they're gonna try and find ways to make life difficult for Zach Wilson. Um, and we'll see how he handles that is gonna you know dictate how this game goes. Yeah, that is gonna be really interesting to watch. Is that factor the the blitzes and picking up yeah. and and how the second year quarterback does it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, time for the pick segment, um, which really isn't going well for for anyone. Well, I shouldn't say that, Zach. You get back to back two oh, yeah. in one weeks, yeah. I think, uh, up is. to five. And and here is our guest. Welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, a lot of people that are watching probably familiar with you, obviously, uh, Paul. And you have the name there, Boy Green, Esden Jr. Um, you have your own Jets podcast. You're obviously going to have better audio than Zach right now, I'm sure. <laughs> how how? The high quality doing, mic, man? mic setup he's got going on there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you got to go all out, baby. When you get an invite to the Can't Wait podcast, <laughs> Marissa, Tim, Zach, we got the full crew here, minus, uh, of course, uh, Connor Hughes, rest in peace, uh, in his uh, new place, of course. But yeah, baby, we're here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm getting. I love Let's it. Rock and roll, baby. And for our audio listeners, I mean, I know he sounds great, but he's got yeah. an awesome backdrop. Um, mm. He's decked out oh, yeah. in jet gear. Yes, so, helmet. Yeah. yeah. 
This is great. Yeah. I think you had popcorn for a bit there, right? We I did. We call it the I green took it room. literally. That's right. Because Marissa, yes. you know, behind the scenes, you got like this, you know, curtain for people for uh, who aren't <laughs> StreamYard users. It's like, hey, Paul, you know, hey, what's going on? Don't don't worry. We're going to get to you in a little bit. I'm like, I'll go grab some popcorn. She probably said, oh, like figuratively speaking. I'm like, oh, no, literally. I, I got some popcorn here. Oh, uh, enjoy the show. Kick back. I'm big. Uh, big. Can't wait. Podcast fans. So, yeah, man, that, that, this is awesome. This is really cool. So before we get to the picks, um, you know, obviously you're a huge Jets fan. You get the podcast, you do radio too. Um, where yeah. did it all begin for you with the yeah, green? You know, how much time do we have? I mean, for no. Pete's sake. But, uh, uh, a minute you know. or two. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a uh, long story short. Uh, you know, I, I don't have that normal story, right? Uh, my dad was a Jets fan, so I'm a Jets fan. Like it was just some weird convoluted thing. Everyone else is fans of different teams my grandpa gave me the nickname the jet because i was always buzzing around all over the place i'm a jet who the hell are the jets and then i went there eh. and then long story short watch a game i'm like all right i guess i'll attach my life to this team and the enjoy the roller coaster until i'm dead so i'm like eh, for better or for worse here we go and uh yeah it's been mostly negative but you know what you always have to here's the thing okay that you don't control the cards you're dealt in life but what you can control is your attitude towards it. So I know I there's a lot of negative Jet fans. So I try to be the self-proclaimed, most optimistic Jets fan on the planet, man. Got to bring some juice. Got to bring some energy. Some hooks. positive you know energy I mean? on this podcast. We love it. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. All right. So I have, one, I have one follow-up just from that answer you gave, which yeah. is you had Jets buzzing around, whatever. You know, it was a nickname. You said you watched one game and you were hooked. Yeah. What game was it? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Well, uh, that, the last time that the Jets won the AFC East back in that uh, 2002, for those counting at home, uh, 20 years ago now is the last time. So it was in the middle of that season that no one go. saw coming. So I, I watched a game and apparently, yeah, th there's the real bandwagon hopping, apparently. I, <laughs> I bandwagoned at the wrong time. Yeah, uh, but you stuck with it when they, were, when they were terrible. So that's, See, like that's right. That, that's, uh, that's a tr sign of true commitment. So uh, shout out to my fiance. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, Paul, uh, you're going to go last because I think that's the way we've been doing this. So we'll all oh, go beautiful. through our picks and then we'll get to you. And yeah, and I mean, going by your optimism, I hope that you pick the Jets. But we'll, I mean, I mean not on. not not to win, but like that you're picking that game, because as yeah, if you're right. listening to the first time, we yeah. all pick three team, three games. We can pick yeah. any three games against the spread. Mm -hmm. The competition goes on. So here's the standings um, mm -hmm. going into the week. Zach leading the way five and four. I'm four and five. The yeah. listeners compilation is yeah. three and six, three and three without Connor Hughes. I was so just about to say, thanks, Connor Hughes. Yeah. 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 And uh, and Marissa is two and seven, but yeah. ready for not, not going great. Come on. Yeah. Marissa, the defending champion. Yeah. I left it all out on the field. Last She's year. a late bloomer. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Plenty, right. plenty of time to That's go. Jets defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, <laughs> she'll be there by week eight. Yeah. yeah. Ah, excellent. Long season. Uh, Yep. Um, all right. My picks, um, and I'll zip through these, uh, Rams plus two and a half at the Niners. Um, I feel like the Rams haven't really been their full selves yet. Um, so being an underdog, go with that. Uh, the Cowboys surprised me. I've been going against them because eh, without Dak, whatever, but the commanders are the commanders. So I'll take Dallas minus three and a half. And then, uh, they were good to me two weeks ago. So I'm sticking with them. Or not two weeks ago. That was the Jets game last week. The Browns, sticking with them, Marissa, minus two and a half at Atlanta. Atlanta's not good. I feel like it's Atlanta's played better than they now. actually I are. think it's minus one now. Yeah, it's minus oh, one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
I'll take minus one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I went to. You know what is the problem is is I didn't go to BetMGM. This, by the way, this segment presented mm. by BetMGM. So glad I got that in there. So minus one for Browns. All right, Zach, you're up. You want to launch the world's largest streaming channel in over 40 Where's, countries, all in one what? year. Zach, what are you doing? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like a planned, like, bit. Yeah, I know. I thought there was a bit. Yeah, I'm like, wow, the timing content. was perfect. Yeah. And I have a mess today. Um, <laughs> uh, so I actually had the Browns minus one as well. Uh, okay. I don't think the Falcons are very good. Uh, I'm going to go Jaguars plus six and a half against mm. the Eagles. I think Eagles are obviously better. Jaguars are really good. I think that game will be close. You think Dougie P is going to coach up some uh, revenge game? Yeah. The amazing thing is what you just said, though. The Jags are really good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Their defense. Yeah. Really, all they were missing was a coach. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I'll go Broncos plus two and a half uh, against the Raiders, who I don't think are particularly good. So um, going to be the 0 and 4 Raiders. Yeah. So that's where I'm going. All right, Marissa. All right, so I I wanted to pick the Eagles just because that they've the past two weeks have done well for me, but I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than that, so I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to go, first of all, again, I don't know why I'm betting against the Panthers again because they proved me wrong <laughs> last week, but Cardinals plus two versus the Panthers, like something seemed a little off with that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, like I don't know. Wrong. I was wrong last week about them, so maybe I am this week not doing too well, but I'm going to go Cardinals plus two. Vikings minus two and a half at the Saints. And then poor Chargers, man. They're they're beaten down. So I think they are going to beat the Texans, but I'm gonna get the Texans to cover. So Texans plus five versus the Chargers. Underdogs. All right. All right, Paul. All right, Paul. The floor is yours. Well, first off, I mean, I got to carry the torch from Marissa there. I I know she's been in a slump, but you know what? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, too. That means it's going in the right direction. All right. So so let's do that. The Panthers are good enough to be given anybody points. I mean, what the hell? I mean, Baker Mayfield stinks. Christian McCaffrey might not play. So give me Arizona, baby. Toot, toot. Marissa, we're hopping on that train, baby. So, yes, I, I love that. So, I love the Cardinals. I got Vegas Insider here, but we could go uh, with whatever line, MGM, of course, sponsors. I uh, love you guys. Thank you for supporting this show. Uh, so, yeah, give me Arizona. I got plus one and a half here, but I'll take it with whatever everyone else has here. So that's you beautiful. get the two. We'll give you the two. Okay. Oh, two. Beautiful. And, and I got to go against Zach here, going on the Russell Wilson. Denver Broncos initiate the gag reflex, man. I don't know how you have any confidence in those boys whatsoever. I, I mean, so I got to go Raiders, man. There's no way this team's dropping a 0 and 4. They got Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and everybody. So, uh, man, the Broncos is the wrong train to be hopping on old days, Zach. I don't know about that. But the, and then the final one. And how could we not? A little Jets Pittsburgh action, baby. <laughs> New York heading in to the Steel City to checks notes accrusher stadium i i yeah. gotta get used to that one oh, yeah. but come on what, what am i getting jets three and a half all day every day pound the table zach wilson's back and they got mitch trubisky i've been describing this on the podcast recently okay the the steelers offense is this sexy ferrari like ooh, george pickens mm, tasty chase claypool oh that's nice and all these weapons pat fryermuth Najee harris and then you say oh wow this car looks great let's take a peek under the hood there's nothing in there, man. There's no engine. Mitchell no Trubisky engine. stinks. He sucks. So, uh, I mean, you can have all the beautiful weapons that you want, but if you can't get them the gosh darn football, I'm not going to mean Jack Diddley. So I'm taking the Jets, baby. Give me that three and a half. I like it. <laughs> beautiful. Paul, this, is, hey, this has been excellent. 
Just yeah, Paul. Great. I just want to know because you you self proclaim most positive yeah. Jets fan. Yeah. One and two through three weeks. How does this team finish the season? What's the record? Oh yeah, because I, I remember as a obviously a dedicated and loyal listener to the Can't Wait podcast, <laughs> I heard you guys dabbling in this before the season. And you kind of go through week by week and trying to you know make your selections and things. You know, I think if you would have asked Jet fans if they would have had a realistic shot at five hundred two and two through this AFC North, which is the first time in history that they've ever opened up the straight four. I think a lot of people would have taken that and then roll into that Miami home game, see what happens. Now, I think Miami is better than a lot of people would have thought. 3-0 just beating the Bills, and we'll see what happens tonight, obviously, in Thursday Night Football. But, man, you're asking me, I'm going to stick by my guns, okay? I'm going to stick by exactly what I said in May because, you know what, mama didn't raise a sucker. So I I'm going with exactly what I selected, and that's 9-8. and eight. I can see uh -huh. it, man. I can see it. Look at that back half of the schedule. You got all these, and I know Jacksonville showing a little something. Geno Smith, Justin Fields <laughs> with all these limited attacks. Like, look at that second half of the schedule. The Jets can make a little mojo happen. All you got to do is survive this first half of the schedule before the bye. Give me a little four and five, maybe five and four if we're getting froggy. Like, you give me a little bit of that, go to the second half. Let's roll out the ball and see what happens. So, nine and eight, baby. First winning season, uh, only the second winning season in the last 11 gosh darn years. How about a little positivity? Hmm? How about a little bit of that action? That's what I like. I, yes. I tell you what, Paul, if they go nine and eight, you're coming back on the podcast. Oh, yeah. first have, we'll have you. Make it happen. Yes. All right. So when, when should we book me? Let's, let's just get that in right now then, I suppose. Yes. Well, to preview the wild card game. Right. Tim's got, I, I like the vibes in here. Very nice. Tim. Very nice. <laughs> All right. Great stuff, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully you keep the, uh, the listeners, the numbers growing here three and six right now, but, uh, but on your way back, I think so. Good stuff. Again, the bar is, I don't have to be great. I just got to be better than Connor. And he set the bar pretty low. So I think we're all in great shape. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate Thanks, you. Paul. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Paul. All right. Bye. That is going to do it for this edition of the Can't Wait Podcast. It should be fun Sunday. I really feel good about watching this game. Um, you know, the Steelers team is very beatable. Zach Wilson's back. There's a lot to look forward to. Hopefully, we can come to you early next week with the same kind of feel-good show that we had after the Browns game, but with a better win, right? That Not a game in which the Jets lead for 22 seconds, but a game <laughs> in which the Jets lead from the beginning to the end and actually show that they're the better team throughout. That's what we're looking for. Um, if you want to join The Athletic, you can do that for $1 a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Anything else, Marissa, Zach, or is that it? I would say I didn't, I didn't give a prediction, so just for the sake of uh... – me putting it out there. I'll we also it. didn't mention one other thing that we have to. Strabler. Oh yeah, Mr. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to say 20 to 17. I, I don't know if I actually believe it, but I'm trying to will it into existence because if the Jets lose this game, it's going to be you start getting ugly. So, um, I'm, I'm going to say Jets win 2017. All right, let's make it happen. All right, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you again next week.